to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach, Shannon Keegan. In this, the first of a four-part series, we joined Jia Jung on her journey to swim under the 20 bridges around Manhattan Island. Longtime resident and 14 times crew, Gia is no stranger to the bridge swim. And while she's thinking of her training as unconventional, perhaps in the circles she runs in, it sounds practical to me. There are many different ways to get to the same place, and I love that swimming around Manhattan will come by way of exploring her ancestral homeland, and that she's not trading one for the other. The best part is that investigating and learning how to swim and train in Korea will be part of her story. I hope you're looking forward to the next installment in Gia's journey as much as I am. Enjoy. Welcome to Gia's journey to 20 bridges. <laughs> Thank you for joining today. Um, well, I have uh, recorded Gia's uh, marathon swim story last fall, was it, Gia? I can't remember. I think it was in July, in the summer, because I was going was out it? to Flow Oh my gosh, the time. I was in a hotel. yeah. <laughs> That's right, that's right. Yeah, so without recapping your whole uh, marathon swim story, what's maybe your, what's your longest swim to date and why did you choose this swim? Okay, so my longest swim to date is I believe stage four of eight bridges in 2014. And that was a 15 mile swim. And then the longest time I've spent in the water was my border buster attempt in 2019. And um, I ran out of time. Basically I was in there for 10 and a half hours. And the only reason I didn't stay 11 and a half is because I knew I wasn't gonna make it to the end. I had about four miles left. And then um, I also didn't want to put my kayaker Lynn Goldsmith through torture needlessly because it was enough to know that like how I felt um, after after that. So yeah. so so you got out because not because you were like tired and um, unable to complete it or freezing cold or anything. You just mm -hmm. decided enough was enough. <laughs> yeah, I just had a very good day out there, and I thought it was enough to. I had enough data, so to speak. There were a lot of things I learned on that swim uh, in a good way. So it just wasn't to be, I, I just wasn't fast enough to cover all that distance um, in that amount of time. So what day. made you decide to go from, so you've got uh, 10 and a half hours under your belt and um, 15 miles under your belt. <laughs> what made you decide to yeah. go for 20 bridges? Well, so the thing with 20 bridges is um, after the eight bridges swim, I started getting really into the community and began to volunteer a lot. So I think I've been around the island at least 14 times. Oh, wow. And uh, with people from all around the world, all kinds of swimmers. And one of those laps was the second, Michelle Walters' second lap of the, the nighttime lap of 40 bridges. So I got to see that. And I think it sort of planted a seed in my head because even as if I was doing longer and longer distances, I really never thought that seemed very much out of my league. But then, you know, in this community, all your friends are doing these <laughs> insane things. And it, I, I started getting a lot of encouragement, but also the more I saw it, it just became something 
that I wanted to do. And I've also been living in New York City since 2010. So the big deal about 2020 was it just had this sort of, and I'm also class of 2000 for high school. And there's just something about 2020. It was everything was just gonna happen on that year. And it didn't work out for me last year. I know some people still completed it, but it just didn't seem right. I certainly wasn't ready. Um, and so it, it came to this year. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. 20 bridges in 2020, mm-hmm. <laughs> 20 years after graduating from high school didn't work out, but that's okay. <laughs> I also like really swimming around things. And um, I just like the idea if I ever get down about the grind in New York, I think, oh, I live on one island in Brooklyn and then I commute to another. And that used to make me really cheerful. So it's just the ultimate island to swim around and a premier world swim that's, you know, conceivably within my reach. And so then I ended up wanting to do it. All right. All right. So how, what was the, um, what was the process like for getting dates and how does it even work? Tell us all about it. Because you've good connections because you volunteered. So that's helpful, right? (laughs) It is helpful. Um, But I think what it comes down to is there is an application and that's the first time I really made my swim resume, which turned out to be a good thing but I just also included all my volunteering experience. So they really take the swims that you've completed. And then there's an additional area where you can put um, the the swims that, uh, just other swims, other experience. And they also ask a little bit about cold water and they have different dates. So the swim has evolved quite a bit, not just because of the coronavirus, but they went from doing these colossal events where there are 15 people each, to smaller events with three or four people max um, and just many more dates. So they're just different date ranges. And so I signed up for, um, I just ranked the orders that I would like. And in a way, you know, there's no idea. And they also ask um, if you swim at a fast pace, what's your yardage per minute or just something, a a different, denomination from what you usually calculate. So I remember fretting over it, especially before 2020, I acted like I was applying to a college, you know, and then I started writing this long letter and I thought, they know me, why am I being so crazy? It's either gonna, they'll either have a spot for me or they won't. And so finally it took me a lot to just send it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think since I did have a date last year, it felt a lot easier this year to sort of discuss it. Um, you know, with Rondi Davies, who's one of the co-founders and organizers of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what, yeah. So what's your date? So my date is August 22nd, which is a Sunday. Kind of nice. Yeah. And that's the sweet spot um, because I'm likely to be somewhere or another. I'm likely to be the most trained at that time of year. Mm-hmm. Now, Janine knows this. So there are these um, trophies over my shoulder and those are for the New York City lap swim program. They actually have something called adult lap swim, which sounds really, but um, it's before working hours and after working hours. There's about an hour and a half of time. Normally the pools are gigantic. They're um, just oddly shaped, very wonderful experience outdoors. And so I took to swimming twice a day. So I would do the morning hours at one pool and the night hours at another and, by showing up every day, I, I would get these trophies. 
So I'm notorious for being a seasonal trainer, um, which is funny because I do okay in cold water, but mm-hmm. I just didn't reliably train indoors anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I got in my head a lot about thinking, I can't train. I, I can't possibly train. There's no pool really, unless I commute an hour and a half for maybe one hour of swimming. Everyone knows how it is, right? <laughs> it varies pool by pool. And it's kind of like buying concert tickets to get one <laughs> slot. Wow. Um, then I sort of calmed down and I thought this is a universal thing happening. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I would be outside. So I actually, even a week ago, didn't have this all in order, but now I have somewhat of a, an unconventional training plan for the huh. meat of the summer. And then okay. by August 2nd, if all goes well, I'll just be in the best condition possible, given everything else going on in life mm-hmm. and my tendencies. Yes, right. Yeah, these are all good things to consider. So tell us a little bit about what else you have going on in your life. <laughs> If okay, you want to. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I work a full-time job at Columbia University Medical Center in clinical trials. So I do regulation of clinical trials for the Department of Surgery. And I've been lucky because it looks as if my job is kind of permanently remote at this mm. point. I'm the only one who doesn't work in a really clinical aspect. So I get to be around all the excitement and meaning of the team, which, by the way, uh, Lynn Goldsmith created. Um, She sort of revolutionized their way of record keeping and made it paperless. And we met through swimming, of course, but things just sort of worked out that when she needed someone in that role, you know, she was so kind as to think of me and it really changed my life. So I just passed my three-year anniversary there on um, March 12th. And Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. And I'm also pursuing a part-time journalism degree also at Columbia. And um, so that it, it's a lot of stuff going on. But the one thing is that working remotely gives an incredible amount of flexibility. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the time that I should talk about the, the whole training plan, what I was saying, but <laughs> I'm in it. this insane yeah, like the insane, um, lucky position of just having gotten permission from my master's project advisor at school, and um, especially my team at work. So I'll be in Korea from May 16th through August 16th. Oh, wow. And yeah, so I determined that I'll find a place by the ocean and they have hundreds of islands there. Then I thought, how am I going to find the community? I just sort of assumed as an American that, oh, well, I've looked up a couple of things and they're all wearing wetsuits and they're doing triathlons, but not, I don't know about open water. And, but then I, so I had quit Instagram in 2017 I went back on in desperation because of some journalistic stuff. I wanted to find sources or something, but it's a great resource for swimmers, right? Swimmers are so active on social media. So not just supporting others, but I realized I could just find out the hashtag for open water 
in uh, Korean. And when I did it, I just started um, direct messaging people or posting under their pictures. Mm-hmm. And they're a bit insane. They have some people who look like um, fitness models, like they're sponsored. And I stayed away from those people. But then there are these small groups that had been swimming in wetsuits, but in the winter, uh, just now, last Mm -hmm. weekend, right? And then they would have a little picture of a small squad eating outside afterwards or something. And one woman actually wrote back to me. And so we've been in touch. So I'll be meeting her. And um, so I'm pretty determined. And then as for the Han River, which is in the north, quite close to North Korea, almost just where Seoul is. Uh, people, my cousin said he has a couple of friends who swim there and they are the triathlete types, but there is one place you can swim. And I extended my trip. So before the idea was to return on August 8th, mm-hmm. just extended it because I found out that there's a swim across the river and oh. it's just started a few years ago. And I don't know, I just found this stuff, but it's been going on for a couple of years, but they said, oh, it'll happen on August 14th or 15th. So I thought I'm definitely going to do that because I'll be tapering and it'll be fine for me to go, not to sound out because I saw people's blogs. I think that's how I found it. And they were saying, I've been training up to do this. And um, I don't think it's even two miles. So I thought, perfect, because <laughs> I can taper and it'll be so emotional and symbolic. And, and then to come back after that. So now I feel much better. I'll have access to water. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, that's great. Even if you're not allowed, the beaches are very different there. They're covered. Every inch of the sand is covered with huge umbrellas because people are afraid of the sun. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I went out there and there are tons of jellyfish. So I, I'm looking into whether I should wear what they call a dive skin or I don't know if it would help to wear. Some, I, I really loathe to wear a wetsuit, but that's sort of where I'm at right now. I'm thinking how can I make sure to get out there every day? Because in the the main part of the day when everyone is just, all the tourists are there, they almost would, wouldn't allow swimming. Because hmm. I remember once they had a line out there and they're just afraid of people going out there. Hmm. Uh, so they it's a little, a lot more controlled. But before all that, you know, at sunrise or at early morning, I, I just feel like I can do what I want. And if there's a group going then it'll be a little uh, better or so a lot just, better. I don't yes, know about yeah, alone. Right. <laughs> swimming alone in unknown spots in, <laughs> off in the Korea. Korea. <laughs> right. Not alone. Yeah. And just to, to recap, you're, so you're swimming around Manhattan on August 22nd. Yes. You're currently, you have a full-time job. You're going to school and you're heading to Korea from May 16th to August 16th. Yeah. <laughs> to do most of your t- the bulk of your training in Korea. All right. Yes. Yes. So tell us how you came up with your training plan. You said you kind of had rough training plan together. Yeah. Well, last year. So the thing is with coronavirus, they're having only one crew member. And my crew member will be Ed Riley. I don't know. I know the New York people know him quite well. Um, but Michelle was also be- going to be my crew person and she's down in Washington DC and we had been working out you know the yardage that at the peak you want to be swimming the distance of your swim Mm -hmm. throughout the course of the week Mm -hmm. and that was feasible because had the public pools been open I would have been doing that anyway Um, but she was we I had a whole excel chart about yardage and stuff 
And now it's, I've completely gone off the road. I have to be honest. And I'm trying to strike a balance between really listening to people who know what they're doing. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be seen as flip by anyone, but I do feel like the, the stress of feeling like I have to mathematically do things a certain way is going to be more detrimental to me given everything else going on. Mm-hmm. But that said, um, for me, instead of yardage, I'm really going to be looking at time hmm. in the water, just time in the water. Yeah. So that's how I do there, all my training is duration. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. And I don't know about <laughs> timing myself and cause conditions will be different, but I think it's really going to be this year about being out there mm-hmm. and consistency and just mm-hmm. exposure. Um, so I, I imagine I would just swim. I don't know, like, uh, a couple of hours that's more than I could have ever gotten in a lap pool and Mm. plus I have so much vacation saved up that's another thing so that work Mm. element Mm -hmm. um, when it comes out I was just staying up all night over the weekend think worrying how am I going to do all these things how am I going to give my best shot to the swim while completing these writing projects and I thought oh no work (laughs) and suddenly oh my goodness everything's going to be okay. I can do all these things um, just because I have some vacation. Mm-hmm. Just the, the things that open up from um, figuring that out. And that was all a part of the planning almost two years ago. So I see this training thing not as spontaneous as it actually sounds because really it's been um, the conditions uh, this summer are going to be made possible by about two years of planning and mm-hmm. a lot of Um, things happen and not to mention this is going to sound really wrong but the pandemic you know this universal event happening otherwise I could not do this Mm -hmm. Uh, and I question whether I would have gone for the swim if Mm -hmm. I couldn't have some time off or some assurance that I could get in the water longer than an hour a day which is still better than nothing in a pool Mm -hmm. in some indoor pool but I'm not there yet I'm not comfortable you know, I got my second vaccine shot on St. Patrick's Day, but still just, I don't know, I spent most of last year at my mother's place seeing nobody. Mm-hmm. And I find that emotionally I'm not ready to stuff myself into a New York City pool mm. uh, with a bunch of strangers. Um, what's, a, just, what's the situation like in Korea for the pandemic right now? Um, well, they have really strict quarantine rules for mm-hmm. people coming in and very invasive almost contact tracing mm-hmm. not like what would easily be done here in the u.s right. right you know there they'll have people check on you and follow people around um i think the situation is more disadvantaged in terms of um uh getting their hands on vaccines mm-hmm. um but it's i think people the society kind of cooperates more they're on the same page though about really not wanting to transmit things because mm-hmm. with Asia they had the SARS experience and everything and mm-hmm. had to learn their hard lessons earlier on so I think um, people conduct themselves in in a way that contributes to more safety but it's still around mm-hmm. and there's still community-based spreading they take it really seriously um, I mean just as they're doing here and I, I will too yeah, yeah, but you f- you don't feel like that'll be a barrier for you this year. Obviously, you're traveling there. Um, not being outdoors, but I was 
just at the stage of also starting to look up some indoor pools, but they also have um, outdoor pools by the riverside. Mm. So I wanted to just sample all these things. But if I'm up north in the city, um, it, it would be worth it to go see about some pools. Mm-hmm. I don't, from what I can tell, they seem open and it looks like they don't have the same restrictions in terms of uh, lane time. Mm. But I can't be sure. I didn't, I sort of looked at it. It's hard to kind of convert Korean writing into my head in English, really difficult with my poor vocabulary, but I was trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. It might be, the situation might be better is kind of the short way of, of saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Swimming. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, that's an exciting and uh, innovative way to <laughs> approach training, which I think is, which yeah. I think is great. What yeah. about like, um, do you do any like technique work when in the past when you've, well, I guess just to recap again, this is the longest swim to date that you will have attempted, right? Yeah. Well, before I've swum at, at times with master's teams, but I'm not a big technique person, but lately I have, um, by lately, I mean the last few years, mm-hmm. I started to get really think about how important efficiency is for someone like me who's short and slow and has very short arms. So total immersion, I think technique wise in broad strokes, I'm a slow turnover person. Mm-hmm. I'm a believer of that because I think I can windmill my arms as fast as I'd like, but something tells me I'll just burn a lot of energy and not even go that faster and just become agitated. So with technique, um, yeah. And also avoiding injury is so important. Mm -hmm. And I think finding the stroke that's right for you is Mm -hmm. important. And I I was reading total immersion and I let someone borrow the book and haven't gotten it back, but I'd I'd (laughs) like to get it back and make sure to read through it. But um, also I think, while I'm out in Korea, I should definitely consult some people. And then I got a dry land band mm-hmm. and I've been looking on YouTube because there's a lot on YouTube that a lot of learning available there. Yes. And so for once I will do dry land training. That's another thing. I live a block from a park with a 3.5 mile swimming loop. So until May, I've only spoken about what to do till May, mm-hmm. but I was going to do um, isolated exercises and, and run around the park pretty much every day swimming loop I think you meant mm-hmm. running loop <laughs> right. and I'm a right. moderately close to Brighton Beach Coney Island Brighton mm-hmm. Beach so since I got back here around the new year I've been jumping into the ocean every weekend that I'm here um, and that's just really jumping in so I think it, at its coldest the water got to 31 degrees but we were going in and then when it was 41 the other weekend, it, it really felt like, oh, I can already, I'll be able to swim some distance. Mm-hmm. So I think until May, um, I was just talking to, I think Jennifer Snyder's on here, but I just texted her and said, she's in the same neighborhood as me. And I said, do you want to just start going at lunchtime or in the middle of the, or even right after work or before work? Cause um, I think that'll be good just to get in more and keep increasing distance and probably by mid-May I could stay in there a while Mm -hmm. you know because then it'll be in the 50s and that's good enough Um, yeah yeah what will the water temp be in August and then for me 20 bridges you know that's a good question 
it could either be i feel like it could be in the 80s or it could be in the 70s well it gets you know hot hot. do people agree i there's some 20 bridge (laughs) alums here and i think that's kind of how it okay it'll probably be rather warm to be honest um yeah i kind of come from the mind that with with regard to like winter dipping and um things like that just as a marathon swimmer i think anything you're doing to kind of make yourself uncomfortable it's kind of good to get used to being uncomfortable because we're marathon swimmers and we're you're gonna get uncomfortable like no maybe you won't be cold maybe if the water's 80 but in some way you'll be uncomfortable and like to me part of my training is getting comfortable being uncomfortable because that's inevitable in the marathon swim is that you're gonna get uncomfortable so you just kind of got to be ready to roll with that (laughs) oh 74 to 75 that's a rare sweet spot that would be nice wouldn't it People always talk about how the 60s are nice or how the pool's too hot if it's in the 80s at a facility or, but who gets to swim in the 70s water? (laughs) I think I did that once at Lido Key. Oh, and um, Finger Lakes open water swim in 2017. And that was the last time it was like that because the next three years, (laughs) the lake flipped and you know, one year it went to 51 degrees and the uh-huh. other year it was topped out at 61 degrees, just at wow. any, yeah. any time of the year, whenever. So I think, um, yeah, the seventies would be great. That'd be nice. Comfortable. And That's I know good. what you mean about being uncomfortable because when I was getting jostled in, in public pools, whether indoors or outdoors, I would always think, don't spend your time getting upset and wishing you could just be in your own lane because this is nothing. Exactly. This is nothing. Even someone hitting you in the head is not like the thousands of waves that are going to go straight down my throat, probably <laughs> in the Hudson. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you were just starting to talk a little bit about cross training. So you think you might incorporate some cross training this year? Or like, well, yeah, I guess I think of cross training, like cross training and then core training. And I think they can both be beneficial. Um, yeah. So you have, a, you have a band and then there's injury prevention, which I think is also, those are, I'm, I'm outlining the components of my training plan, but what, what do you have on yours? <laughs> definitely all of that. And um, talk about being uncomfortable. So the thing that I probably dislike the most that makes me the most uncomfortable out of any physical activity is running. Mm-hmm. I detest running it bad at it. It's just nonstop suffering, but I'll say indirectly I got into distance swimming because um, in college, this is a long time ago. I didn't even know what a gym was or what a, an elliptical was. And I remember I started getting on those machines because my friends dragged me to the gym and they said, look, this is the gym. Here are the pre-cores. And I love the elliptical machines because I didn't feel the impact and as much suffering. But through that, I did this, um, all this cardiovascular training. And then I went to a pool where it's hard to believe this now. They have a marble rooftop pool that's 33 and a third yards long. The whole thing is marble. I used to go there and just suntan as much as I <laughs> love the water and I've always loved swimming out suntan. But that day I got in the water to cool off and then I swim, I think 25 lengths. And I thought that's, that seems like a lot back then. But the reason I was able to do that and then got this idea of, oh, maybe I could just keep doing this as an exercise was because I did that dry land 
training. Mm-hmm. Aerobic yeah. training is what I meant, not right, cardiovascular yeah. training. Right. Um, and at one point, I was um, after my Key West debacle, I remember back then I was on social media and I said, oh my gosh, I need to learn how to condition. And everyone in the community came forth to give their ideas. And at the time, one of my takeaways was actually, oh, it's not really aerobic training doesn't matter. There's a school that thinks that way, right? They think it's more muscle movement. But for me, I like I said, everyone's different. For me, definitely having aerobic training is going to be um, one of the things that helps me majorly in the swim, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're getting agitated and stuff, um, just having the capacity to do that. Yeah. Um, and then when um, Steve Munetones was on here and talked about elasticity, that just really got into my head. And um, so that's, that's going to be a big component of it that wasn't otherwise. And I guess core exercises are <laughs> important. So I'll try to force myself to do that. But um, the big thing, and I think Janine talked about it a bit in her interview was flexibility. Mm, so huge, I think yeah, um, right. I'll do, I think it's enough even to do some form of yoga once a week. That's, that's really better than nothing. That's my philosophy. More than nothing. But to really stick to that, because um, I think flexibility prevents injury all around. It just prevents injury. Yeah. Like, see, there's a huge wave, you know, the impact of, we all know that it's easy to forget, but I keep thinking about, okay, when the swim's ending, I'll go under the 20th bridge, under George Washington bridge. And that's where I've always jumped in as someone on the boat crew and you know, I never want to linger. It's nice and all, but then wave slaps me this way, that way. And I think, all right, I'm, it's time to get back on the boat. But I remember that because I'm thinking how tired I'll be, how much I will have gone through and that those waves will actually, because I'm not just treading water, they'll be going into my mouth and like just hitting me on my skin. I remember the first swim I observed. I remember all these things and that's training too, because uh, Rebecca Nevitt out in LA. She's a tremendous swimmer. And I watched you do it. And when she got out, she was so drained because those, the afternoon wind, headwind is just for a swimmer, it's the last, you know, <laughs> the, the home stretch. And it's right. oh, but man. when she got out, the first thing she said, she said, My ears hurt. And I'll <laughs> never forget it because it's just these things you wouldn't expect. And I think Lynn Goldsmith, when, when you're swimming stage seven or something, or you said your skin, like, you know, your skin hurts yeah. and stuff like that. So that's yeah. why I was to make the big circle to the flexibility thing. Um, at this point, I'm in the worst shape of my life, probably, because sometimes if I even shift around in my bed, this is embarrassing, but seriously, sometimes I just feel like, oh, oh, I'd better be careful. <laughs> But flexibility would help take that away. Mm-hmm. And in addition to all this training, that mm-hmm. idea of if something hits you the wrong way that you won't just snap. Right. Like right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? That you won't pull a muscle because you a wave strikes you wrong because they are that strong. Okay. Um, or I'm that weak. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, do you have a current um, training routine that you're working, that you're working on? this week, let's say? (laughs) 
Well, right now, um, it's what I said about going outside to go around the park every day. And so I thought, okay, if, if I just am so threatened by the idea of running, it's a block away from here. It's a, it's a really good park. Then I must walk around it, just walk around it and just start with that. And um, truthfully, I could be doing core exercises every day, which only take 10 minutes. And they're the things that you can't get around. It's just crunches. And um, I think push-ups would be important, but that's kind of what I'm going to do. And then try to um, start from now going um, to the beach more be just because it is warming up to a point where I could stand longer than 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where I am now. So it's not very, I'm not very activated yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But right. this is better than, um, cause I was worrying, Oh, what am I going to say? <laughs> Well, when I get on there, it's going to look so bad because I had not been doing anything, if I'd be honest. Even if I had the idea of running every day and that was accessible to me, because actually we also had a lot of snow. These are excuses, by the right. way. Yes. There was a lot of snow in New York City Yeah, um, up through February and it made the paths really slick and just, I don't know, um, also the idea of having a mask on while running, it's just yeah. stuff to get over and yeah. no more excuses. And um, so, yeah, That's that good. pretty much starts today. Starts today. All right. We're kicking yeah, it off. I love it. We know I where have we're starting. Been doing some stuff, but yeah. now I'm, I'm going to really be committed. Yeah. 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 That's great. Not a moment too soon. <laughs> I, <laughs> right. I see people laughing. <laughs> All good. I think. And I, I mean, yeah. Of, I feel like I'm kind of in the worst shape of my life too. And so it's, um, I don't know. And I have a swim next weekend. So it's okay. It's okay. We're just gonna. Oh, we're gonna really? Gonna... What, what is the swim? The swim? I'm doing the Coronado Island um, next oh. on Sunday. Oh, fingers crossed. We'll see. <laughs> but you're not there out in California yet, right? No, not yet. Yeah. No. Yeah. But wow. we're back to Gia's journey. Okay. So what are your kind of strengths and weaknesses going in? Let's start with your strengths. What do you think your strengths going into this swim? Um, my strengths are a really good mental game. I think um, just cause like I said, I've seen it so many times that I, mm -hmm. I almost feel like I could imagine. And I know no matter what, it will be different from what I imagined, maybe harder than I imagined, maybe more spectacular than I imagined but I've visualized it so much. And it, now I have car access. So when I go drive to campus for a journalism class, um, the road I happen to take goes either down the East River or up the Hudson. And I just stare out at, at it. And I realize this is gonna be a super emotional swim, but unlike other points of my time in New York City, it actually won't be the kind of, there won't, I don't anticipate negative things, you know, because um, I've had some tough times in the city and sometimes it was almost like a vengeful motivation or, mm. you know, or I thought as I swum around, I would think, oh, like this, this city's just, you know, I'm going to conquer this, you know, ever since I got to the city, it's been trying to spit me out. And um, I don't feel that way anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be just gratitude and wonder so in in terms of mental game it's good and my weaknesses are obviously just the the training limitations and um but um oh another strength is I don't want to jinx myself but I have a strong stomach mm, so it's a good one yeah 
Because I know a lot of people, it, it can really just stop people in their tracks if it's a food issue, food mm. intake issue, nutrition. But um, on that, I'm also lucky. I don't think um, I have that going on. But yeah, um, weaknesses are just lack of training up till now. I can only control what's going to come after this. But um, that, that would be my greatest weakness that I didn't start training last year. Right, right. In, in a very serious way. I mean, I've tried to do what I can, but nothing like how um, some people would have trained for a swim like this. Um, so I'm looking at more cumulative life training. It sounds like a bit of a cop-out, but at the same time, I'm thinking, well, it's not as if I just, this is the first time I decided to do a long swim, like how I used to do. And then I get really like, um, have some hard lessons that way, but, um, yeah. What is a hard lesson that you learned from that you want to do differently? Well, um, believe it or not, it's that training really, really matters, Mm -hmm. but also, um, homework in terms of understanding the water that you're swimming in, because, uh, Key West is the, the most outstanding example of this. It was the one DNF where I didn't feel okay. I felt in fact horrible Mm. and I had a real slump and then had to come back from it because what happened was I swam about four miles and I did speak about this in the last interview. And then Mm -hmm. a boat came up and just said, you're, you're going about a mile an hour and the tide already shut you out. The tide already reversed later on in the course and everything about that. I, I had approached it. Like I was still, pretty inexperienced at inexperienced enough to think, Oh, well, I'll just put one arm in front of another. Um, Cause sometimes you can do that. I could have done that if it weren't an ocean swim with tides that reverse. I just didn't mm. know. Right. Um, right. So that was a hard lesson for me because I spent uh, money and t- I just felt like a fool and I felt like it was a bit um, flippant to use that word again. So mm-hmm. that was the hardest lesson because it had an emotional component yeah. as well, where I thought, oh, I'm just such a joke and I don't take anything seriously. And I started just projecting it into other areas of my life mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the hardest lesson. Right. Um, well, we other things are just lessons. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lynn asked about your feeding plan, but I was gonna, ju- I mean, I feel like that's something that can change as we go, but what have, what's worked for you in the past and what are you kind of planning to t- test out maybe before your next one? I used to, so in 2000, before the 2017 Finger Lakes open water swim, I would have water and a gel every 30 to 45 minutes. But when I finished that 10.5 mile swim, um, there is kind of like a banquet and because Bridget Hobart really caters these things. And I had about three types of carbs and I was eating four types of meat at the same time. And then something happened and my, my vision started closing in, but I didn't want to tell anyone because I thought, oh, you know what it is? It's because even if I had tinted goggles, I was turning my head. The, the rate at which I swam was just such that whenever I turned my head, the sun was just right in my eye. That's how it felt. So I thought, oh, it's, I don't know. I got too much sun or I've never fainted before in my life. And then um, Mary Stella was there at the table and she noticed right away. And she said, are you okay? You look like you're going to faint. 
And I just said, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'm eating all this food. Like I'm fine. And then um, I think she went and got me a Coca-Cola and I drank it. And then my vision just returned. Hmm. Cause another thing is I have these thin patches in my retinas and I'm really Mm -hmm. nearsighted. So a part of me was privately thinking if I start seeing, they always tell you, if you start seeing things showering down, maybe your retina detached or got a huge hole in it and you need to go to the emergency room and get it addressed. So I was also thinking, Oh my God, is that what's happening? And I didn't want to admit that I was just um, really undernourished. Right. And that by that time um, you bonk out, that's what Jennifer Snyder calls it. Like that you, it's too late. So even if I'm eating all these slow foods, right. Yeah. Um, what sugar. I needed was sugar and mm-hmm. I needed it all that food before. Mm-hmm. So I was actually, um, I think having half the calories that I should, right. That's, that's over job. now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it'll be, I really like the way, um, being able to drink my nutrition, which is funny. Cause out of the water, I, I want, 10 different dishes of solid chewable things but in there in the water I found that um tailwind is perfect for me because Mm -hmm. it has carbohydrates and a bit of protein Mm -hmm. and so now I'll alternate that with maybe Gatorade but the thing about the feeding plan that's strange is the thing I always want more than I ever thought is plain water and I don't know anyone else who um says that but it's important. I think it's almost that I uh, lose my appetite, the more I exert myself. Hmm. So I'll take in what I have to take in. But I I find sometimes I'm just thinking, no, I don't want tailwind or Gatorade with a gel, or a piece of banana or or whatnot. Um, I just want extra water. So that's something I'm going to remember. And during border buster, um, Lynn, (laughs) had a whole spread going. She um, had like a banana pudding, which was delicious because there are those disposable, I mean, not disposable, reusable push pops. Mm. You can easily take in food. And Mm. there is a sweet potato and apricot. And I liked all of those things. Um, And Elaine Howley says uh, canned peaches are a jam. And I tried that the first time and that was was viable too. So I think I'll have um, actual foods like that ready in case. Mm-hmm. But in terms of efficiency, um, I'm fine with Tailwind and just alternating with Gatorade. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, great. Um, um, just trying to think what other questions we want to have to round to round it out. Um, um, it feels like, I mean, we already talked a little bit about thoughts and emotions and how it's, you know, it's a meaningful swim. So it, mm-hmm. we already talked a little bit about diet. What about like your nutrition while you're training? Do you do, you do anything different? <laughs> when you're... <laughs> oh, um, actually, I've been eating home a lot and cooking. So I don't think I could do something like no car. I think it's fine that I'll have um, a protein definitely salads. I actually like salads. And just, I think, no, I don't really have (laughs) what I'm just trying to pretend I'll eat whatever I please. But I I think maybe I could. um, And I haven't been drinking that much alcohol, nothing like before pandemic times. So I don't know about swearing off alcohol, maybe closer to the um, 
But then again, I'm going to Korea, which is an incredibly <laughs> alcohol blessed country. But um, I think, no, I'm not really going to limit myself, but probably stay away from fast food. And actually before the swim, here's a little secret that I have that everyone thinks is just the worst thing ever. But I eat Hot Pockets and they're these um, ultra processed things that are linked with not causally, but correlated with Alzheimer's and just, I mean, it's, it's bad, but for some reason it works to have a savory food that's self-contained and it's sort of like a, you know, fire starter brick, those condensed things that start because yeah. <laughs> um, I can feel it there and feel it like wearing out like a battery. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gross but um yeah so we're talking hot pockets pre-swim <laughs> or hot, hot yes. pockets after or hot pockets during your swim <laughs> hot pockets before okay and then easily intakeable things during drinkable hopefully mostly and then um but leading up to the swim i i have been more careful about my nutrition because i mean i'm just getting older and I've gained a bunch of weight and um, I'm not the way I used to be where I would just go eat fast food all the time. I still love fast food, but it won't be as much of a, um, an issue of having to limit myself. I'll just mm-hmm. eat square meals and eat a lot. I don't think this is the time to um, starve myself. And if I'm exercising, I'll, you know, trim down a bit and, that's that's sort of yeah. yeah. When you're in Korea, will you be in like the same place for a long time? And like I don't know. I find when I travel, I have a harder time. I don't know, even exercising. <laughs> like what I know what you routine? mean, and um, I think for that reason, I'm going to try it. And it's more economical anyway, and mm-hmm. gives peace of mind. But get a place near the beach, mm-hmm. um, and and then maybe hop around. And there are a few good options that are actually pretty affordable just for one person. So, I mean, the apartment itself might not have a view, but it's a five minute walk to an actual swimming beach mm-hmm. and things like that. So um, I think I will stay in, in the Southern region and that affected this decision. Cause say I stayed in Seoul most of the time, I'll still have the freedom to move around, but if I kind of based myself there, then it would be down to that one part of the river where maybe a group of triathletes swims once a week, it sounds like really. Mm -hmm. And then some indoor pools and pools by the river versus just open ocean. So um, for that reason, I'll be basing myself in one place, but I'll probably move around. If I move around though, I do want it to be a situation where I can either make up for that, those lost times, or it'll probably be, if I move around, it'll probably be to islands where there will be even more swimming opportunities. Um, at least that's how it seems so far. Is that your, do you see, so, yeah. you're, how are you, um, maybe it's irrelevant, but um, with just having put this trip to Korea right in the middle of your training, do you see that your goal will be, how will your goals go hand in hand with what you're there for, as well as the swimming training? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just being there and again, having the vacation days 
will make it easier for me to achieve the swimming goal with my other goals. Just taking out one of the the things um, is going to make a huge difference. So even if it seems like, okay, you're going to be traveling and not really having your mind in the game. Um, I'll just still have that much, so much more time. Unbelievable. Cause I'm used to not having any time and just that um, I'm very optimistic mm-hmm. about it. Just knowing how packed time usually is. And so even traveling sightseeing, researching, um, trying to do writing, um, I'll be, I'll be better off. Yeah. You mentioned earlier um, tendencies that jumped out at me because I just recently read the Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. But anyway, what is your tendency and how do you see that playing into your training? <laughs> hmm. Well, my tendency is certainly to uh, bite off more than I can chew, I think, uh, or just really push it. And that's a part of why a lot of people have not told me what to do, but just set it as a way of comfort. I think this swim will always be there. Uh, my one vanity that I'm allowing myself is that I'll turn 40 years old on September 9th. So I just straight up told Rondi, I said, I want to do this before I'm 30. I don't want to do it on my birthday. Oh, on birthday. I want it to be this last thing um, in my thirties, just cause um, open water swimming to me has always been about getting away with things more the fact that um, on top of everything else in life, somehow I fell into this sport that seems so extreme. And every time I do finish something, um, don't get me wrong, I definitely want to go into it to finish and wanting to do that. that. But um, every time I do pull it off, it's, it's a surprise. Even if I've been trained, it just feels like a, a fresh surprise. So yeah, my tendency is sometimes I over... Uh, do what did Janine call it like writing checks that your body <laughs> that your body can't cash <laughs> and that was such a good way of putting it but it's also in terms of other things too but I'll tell you that um, journalism school has really in terms of writing goals and other goals the thing I'm learning most there is to submit to the realities of time so it has to do with really understanding getting a better sense of what can be done. And then if those things aren't done, realizing why, um, Mm -hmm. without necessarily beating myself up, but just getting a better grip on the reality and becoming more efficient. So that would be a more efficient swimmer, more efficient writer. It's just all prongs of my life are heading towards, hey, there's so much you want to do and you're jamming so much in. So what's the key? Do fewer things, which most people would say. <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, be more efficient. Yeah. So it's my that. goal in all things, all areas of life right now. Be more efficient. That's a good one. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm um, a very inefficient person <laughs> in, a, in a way, in a sense. Yeah. But, um, any last bits on um, like... I, I mean, you talked a little bit about your strength being your, um, you know, your mentally being in the game, being so familiar with the swim, but it's kind of inevitable that we all kind of hit that wall when things get really negative. Like, how are you going to get through some of that? It's funny because this is the question that in the first interview, I don't think you actually asked. 
And I had, I always, I know the answer. I'll just say it. I just think about the regular daily grind. I think about being in the subway at rush hour. I think about being curled up in an office and anything will go away, anything. Cause I think, hey, I'm not there. And I chose this, I'm outside. And this is like a premier world swim. And I know these incredible people, right? I just, that's what I think. I think of an ordinary day. <laughs> and I'm just like, you, how bad is this compared to an ordinary day? <laughs> you know, it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's a, well, I'd like to think it's, you know, it's a gift we give ourselves, right? If we allow, if we allow it, yeah. right? These extraordinary experiences. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bad parts. Yeah. Or hard parts. Right. Right. Well, yeah. But then you get to the other side. Um, yeah. Any other last little like comforts or anything you're planning now? We'll check back in, of course, with you in another couple months. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get you before you head off to Korea. I don't know. Or maybe while you're in Korea. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> See how it's going. I'm planning. So planning that event, extending my trip to swim in an actual event. Um, the last thing I probably will do in terms of swimming before the swim, cause it's maybe a week, the weekend before. Seems kind of um, close. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'll take it easy and I think that'll be good enough. Um, so that's the kind of thing that I'm planning, which is building checkpoints in and building in. Um, and that's why I'm kind of, starting to get to know this open water swimming community, find them. Mm-hmm. And that way that it, that's going to be something that's planned in there. Mm-hmm. So it is all about planning. It's, it's about really making sure, well, where do people swim? Cause mm-hmm. if I just look on a map, I could just see this whole coast, but just it's helped to ask people where they swim and where they usually swim and find the pools, email them or call them, make sure they're open Um, just every single option um, of swimming so that wherever I am in the country, I'll be making sure to get in there and swim. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Um, And I think you've kind of inferred it, but we haven't said it directly, but you're not actually getting a coach coached by anyone. You're doing all of your planning and everything yourself. I'm I'm not. um, But I know that I could consult many people Mm -hmm. and, perhaps I should do that. But it's, I have kind of like the, the good problem of there's so many um, people I could ask. So to be honest, that, that sort of stops me right. as well. <laughs> right. And then I, okay. Tendencies um, sort of not wanting to be regimented, to be honest, because this <laughs> as much training as this requires um, it's always been a bonus for me and a freeing thing. But that's also a a mental adjustment that could happen, right? Um, I think I had told you that I grew up unathletic and that all feeds into this where it's, it's taken me a while to realize, Hey, you're, you, you might've been unathletic, but you're pursuing athletic goals. Hmm. Um, So I, I guess I um, am open to looking for sort of a guidance throughout Mm -hmm. this. But just knowing that I'll probably be outdoors and um, not doing uh, sets in a pool. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. not. So, yeah. Cool. If anyone has suge- suggestions or advice, um, 
I'm definitely open to I'll I'll listen. <laughs> right. I'm unsure whether I'll whether or how I would follow through with that part of it. But yeah. yeah. I have um I would have last year when it was right. Right. You know, yeah. I have a group of my quick start for marathon swimming people who are just wrapping up. But one of the things we talked about doing is opening up an accountability group going forward. So if it materializes and you're interested, I'll let you know. (laughs) Any other last questions for Gia about her, our first interview of our four part series on um, her journey to 20 bridges. All right. We, we understand, we know where you're coming from (laughs) and I'm excited to follow you along on your journey, Gia. Actually, this helps me be accountable, right? Because uh, (laughs) I'm talking to the community and this is being recorded and it makes me want to do better. And yeah, so actually this helps a lot. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me. um, And it's actually a big help. Because I better have something to say <laughs> next time. <laughs> something to say and show next time that we speak too, you know. We well, we're here to to see how it goes and I look forward to following you on your journey. Thank, Thank you guys you. for coming. Thank you all for <laughs> see you all next time. Here. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. More than just a podcast. Did you know that you can watch Marathon Swim Stories on YouTube? Or join us. We meet on Tuesdays at 5.30 a.m. Pacific, 8.30 a.m. Eastern, 13.30 GMT. Check out intrepidwater.com forward slash Marathon Swim Stories to see who's up next. Thank you for listening.